Well, hello there and welcome to Further Every Day, the podcast where we discuss the Christian worldview in current events and we try to give a defense of the faith based on the chair in which we're sitting. We're all going to be coming from different aspects, different angles of the uh, uh, Christian apologetic. Uh, I'm your host, Arthur Fiala, and to my left, I've got Josh. How are you today, Josh? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Josh? You got, you got me. Okay, I'm doing good, Josh. Good to have you. Which chair are you sitting in, sir? I'm sitting in the chair of theology. All right. You'll be taking care of our theological aspects of the Christian apologetic. And moving on to his left would be Daniel. How are you this morning, sir? Tired. Tired, yeah. It is the morning time after all. I hear you got about 30 minutes of sleep last night. Yep, 30 okay. minutes. Okay, so if that's all you need. That's if, all you need. If you're more deranged than normal, we'll understand. Okay. Moving on to your left. By the way, chair of politics. <laughs> chair of politics. Very good. Very thank you. Thank you. <laughs> to your left, we got Winston. How are you this morning? I'm doing well. Good to have you. What chair are you sitting in today, sir? Uh, culture. Culture. Very good. Very good. Coming at the Christian uh, worldview from culture. And then to his left, we have Jennifer. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning. How are you? Uh, very good. All right. Which chair are you sitting in? Philosophy. Awesome. Be dealing with the theological, epistemological, et cetera, arguments, the reason and purpose. I'll do my best. <laughs> All right. So this morning, we're going to be talking about a couple of things here. But first off, we're going to be talking about a story that comes to us from the Hill. And uh, Josh is bringing us this story. I am. So story out of the Hill. There was people are graduating across the state at this current moment. And you saw this all this past weekend. And so that means valedictorians are giving speeches. And in the case of this particular speech, it went a little bit off the rails because traditionally you have to submit a speech and it has to get approved by the school. Now, in the instance of this, the speech was approved by the school, but when it actually came day of, the valedictorian went off the rails. And so that will transition into us getting into the article. So let's talk about it. Texas valedictorian goes viral after giving unapproved speech blasting state's anti-abortion bill. A Texas high school valedictorian has gone viral for ditching her approved graduation speech to instead denounce the state's anti-abortion bill, which was signed into law last month. Paxton Smith, the valedictorian at Lake Highlands High School, had planned to deliver a speech about television in the media, which was approved by school administrators. When she was called to the podium at her school's graduation ceremony, however, she said it feels wrong to speak about anything else other than the state's heartbeat bill. Today, I was going to talk about TV and media and current and content because it's something that's very important to me however under a light of recent events it feels wrong to talk about anything but what is currently affecting me and millions of other women in the state texas governor greg abbott that said by passing texas governor greg abbott signed legislation in may dubbed by some as a heartbeat bill which bans virtually all abortions after a fetal heartbeat is detected which can occur as early as six weeks after a woman becomes pregnant while the law makes an exception for medical emergencies it does not exempt pregnancies caused by rape or incest Additionally, the law, which goes into effect on September 1st, allows most private citizens to sue an abortion provider if they suspect the provider has violated the new ban. Paxton, who plans to attend the University of Texas at Austin, said the dreams, hopes, and ambitions of her and her fellow female graduates have been stripped away because of the bill. End story. All right, so give us your hot take, Josh. So my hot take on this I specifically want to address what she said or what her concern or what her main concern was. Her main concern was with in cases of rape or incest, because if you actually go and listen to the speech, that was what she was wagering. But me and Jonathan Arthur were kind of talking about it yesterday. When these when people come to talk about abortion, especially in this case, they don't really mention it's not like a pros and cons thing. You know, it's usually you have a slant that you're going at it from. And in the case of this person, notice how they never mentioned what are the pros of not getting an abortion. It's just it was a con for getting why not having an abortion and this and all this. It was just a whole bunch of cons. So just the taking it from a negative perspective. So I think ultimately my hot take is it. And this is the question we have to ask. Does one wrong make another wrong right? So moving on to Daniel's chair. Your politics. Well, this what, is a fun topic. What's the Christian view and what's Christianity's role in that sphere? A lot of people 
think that the separation of church and state uh, that was mentioned in a letter by Thomas Jefferson, not codified in the Constitution, talking about uh, government, et cetera, et cetera. But they think that that means that we don't have a say in our political role. What's the political response that the Christian should have to the issue of abortion? And specifically, we'll talk about rape and incest on, on that note. Yeah, well, so first off, uh, there are four choices when it comes to children. I support motherhood. Um contraceptives, um, adoption, and what was the fourth one? I don't care. I just don't support killing a life. So if it's wrong, it's wrong. Exactly. If it's wrong, it's wrong. So you have to, first off, you have to educate people as to, okay, where does life begin? And our public school system has failed that she is a prime example of. Yeah, but I was raped. And? But I was raped. But I was raped. Yes. And yeah. so and so that we'll, we'll, we'll dig deeper. We're going quick 10 second hot take Winston from the culture chair. What would be the cultural response for a Christian to this? No, and probably be purity culture, which has its own issues, but there can always be improvement. Um, this is one, a lack of uh, parents being uh, involved in the education of their child, both in the church and outside of the church. And we're just seeing the, uh, we're just reaping what we sowed. And I, I agree 100% when we're not talking about rape or incest, which, are, by the way, it's it's fewer than 1%. I've got an uh, article here from the Gutmacher Institute. It's fewer than 1% of parents' partners' desire for them to have an abortion uh, uh, was the most important reason. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to this in a moment. But in cases of rape or incest. For me, it's a difficult decision, but it, mm. you still can't punish the child for the actions of the father. Correct. Amen, amen, amen. And there you go. Moving on to the chair yes. philosophy, Jen. So philosophy asking the big questions. I think anytime we bring up abortion, the first point that I think of philo philosophically is how do you define life? What is life to you and when does it begin? That's the main question. You know, I think of last week we talked about aliens. People go, oh, are we gonna discover life on Mars? What do you mean by that? Do you mean bacteria? You call that a life, but you know, a child is not a life because it's still inside of the mother. And I don't think that those two worldviews can be reconciled very easily. So I think we have to really nail down in people's minds what is life. And if we can do that, then we can move on to talk about how to treat that life. Exactly. I 100% agree. Mm -hmm. And let's just go ahead and I'll give you a candid. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. And, and, and this is what I'm doing. Um, from the economic perspective, my hot take is a lot of people say it's for economic reasons. Uh, in this USA Today article that's up on the screen here, uh, it says just 1% of women obtain an abortion because they become pregnant through rape or, or in less than half percent due to because of incest, according to the Guttmacher Institute. I had the wrong article for the Guttmacher Institute earlier, but uh, just suffice it to say, if you're not familiar with, with the Guttmacher Institute, it is a opposition, it is a abort, pro-abort research fund. Most abortions, 99% of abortions are done for convenience or financial reasons. So if you want to talk about the 1%, we can talk about that. But people throw that out there as though it's this sort of trump card. There is a, there is a reason, a moral reason to do an abortion. And my, my response is always, is it a life? Doesn't matter what the economic or or even the terrible wrong. Josh and I were talking last night. If, if I can just veer for just a second, what the man did, he did to the child and to the woman. The woman committing an evil upon the child with the help of a doctor does not fix the evil done to the child. In fact, it also hurts the woman. Invariably, you have women with botched abortions who are torn up on the inside and they can no longer have children or they have a lifetime of bleeding to come and uh even when it's medically not botched i don't think that anyone has really looked into the psychological effects oh, of women who have fully successful fully you know you know as as these teenagers years. are very young adults and they make this decision you know in this very difficult situation and then they go on and you know, maybe one day they end up actually having kids. And now they look at that child and they think, oh my God, what have I done? Two years after 
there's no su substantive psychological effect statistically. Five years there is, and the suicidality among these women is, I, I need to go back and look at it. I, I have a research paper on this, it's about 20, 30%. I, I don't wanna, don't quote me. It's this larger amount increase of those who have suicidal thoughts. But moving back on to uh, Josh's chair here. Go ahead and give us some more in-depth. So taking it from a theological bent, we have to talk about innocent innocence. Specifically, the, what does God say about protecting the innocent? Um, I mean, we mentioned this. You can go back to the very first episode we did this podcast. And in the very first episode, we brought up countless examples of Scripture in which God speaks against the shedding of innocent blood. And that you can find throughout all parts of all parts of Scripture. New Testament, Old Testament, wherever you want to go, you'll find it. Um, in fact, in today's lesson, we talk, it talks about caring for the orphans and the widows, the people who are, who are helpless, the people who are in dire need. So, like I said, you can find that anywhere. Uh, and Winston said it perfectly, this is not an easy issue. It isn't an easy issue because we're talking about something as horrible as rape and incest. Something just completely debaucherous and sinful and and really showcasing the depravity of man in this instance and you're faced with the decision of do i have the kid that this act produced or do i not but at the end of the day it goes back to that thing is it a, is it still a kid is it a life if it is a life then does Rape and incest justify murder. To an innocent. To an innocent. To somebody who can't defend somebody who can't defend themselves. And I think in that regard, no. I don't think you can I don't think you can punish that. I think theologically, I I would support I would support anything against the shedding of innocent blood. And in this case, even though it is so horrible and I don't and I want to say the decision that a woman would have to make in an instance, I, I can't imagine. I, I really can't imagine. That would be so tough. But still, right is right and wrong is wrong. And one wrong does not justify a, another wrong. Correct. Moving on to the political chair. What's the Christian's political stance on this? Because this is a terse issue, Daniel. Uh how should a Christian navigate this politically? Well, well, first off, I mean, John Arthur, you've put it like this before. You are a one-issue voter. If you are not pro-life, you are not getting my votes. Yes, yes. And, you know, I'm going to quote John Arthur quoting someone else. <laughs> if Bernie that's, Sanders... That's, that's meta. Bern, yeah, if Bernie Sanders... Bernie Sanders was hardcore pro-life but horrible and everything else, Bernie Sanders would get the vote. Bernie Sanders. If there was no one else. If there was no one else. Correct. And it's like, I, I, I enjoy having conversations about abortion with people because not only do they, it, it's more of a, um, how should I put this? What's the terminology I'm looking for? It, it's not so much a, um, What's the word? I'm that thirty minutes of sleep word. is kicking you. Right yes, in the yes, it is. Mm. I'm sorry. Please, forgive no worries, me. no but, worries. But can I say that something else that bothers me about what she said is that it makes it sound like the child is just a burden. Correct. The, yeah. the child is just completely worthless and it's going to ruin my life. Well, again, I always come to child's the victim of this. The yes. child is the victim. Yes, you always have to appeal to the emotional side instead of. Uh, just just the facts exactly some, some folks can't see the facts moving on exactly. to the chair of culture winston and, and can i also choke on up in here on the mic sorry. here and give us your give us your thought and we'll come back around to josh gotcha. in a moment sorry about that. so what, an expansion on the hot take from earlier yeah go ahead so what's the christian's cultural uh response how should christians be arguing in the culture sphere if you will well a little bit louder too oh okay 
Oh, well, um, <laughs> thank you, Jennifer. Miss <laughs> Blunt over here. One, one, uh, one thing is to answer in the opposite of the or what the world would do, because ultimately that's that's what we're here to be, the anti-world. Um, whereas the world is responding with purely emotion uh, and a distinctive uh, how um, rolling sea of fallacy and logic, we need to respond with truth, a truth that is set on foundation and not sand. And we need to do it lovingly and not, yes, and exactly. not in a way that is uh, slow to anger. Yes, slow to anger. Yes. Uh, quick to listen and not in a way that will further divide the culture. Well, I mean, it, yes, quick, but. quick to heal, mm -hmm. quick to forgive mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, every time, going off, expanding my hot take, I guess, whenever I think about this discussion and, and having this discussion with people, this is how I like to think of it in my mind is, the reason we're having this discussion is not to demonize anyone. We don't want to make anyone feel bad for a decision that they've made in the past. If you've done that, you need to seek forgiveness from God and move on with your life and start living for God now. Mm -hmm. But us having this conversation and making you uncomfortable, as much as we don't want to do that, we know it's going to happen. And that's not a good enough reason to let more children die. I'm not going to, in some sense, sacrifice more children to avoid offending you. It's not my goal to offend you, but I know I'm going to do it, and I'm going to have to do it anyway. And we're going to do it in love, but there's no other way to have this conversation. Discomfort. Just you have to say the truth mm -hmm. in love. Always the truth. Absolutely. Discomfort is not a bad thing. That's how growth occurs. It can be a bad thing, but growth only happens through discomfort. And moving on to key, the, key the, theologically taking that perspective, jump, jump. Key, theologically taking that from having uncomfortable conversations or just being uncomfortable. Look at where the church has thrived. Look at where where the, the the gospel really spread. It happened in persecution, in discomfort, in discomfort. It happened in in the most what you what the world would consider unoptimal situations. Uh, Church in Cuba, church in Cuba, they take, they make the church go underground. The church goes underground. They're no longer allowed to worship just in public. The church grows, go, ha, goes from a growth rate of, I think it was two to three times to a growth rate of 20 times, 30 times, just exponentially starts growing. Uh, church in China, uh, the, the, the Jewish believers who are in the, who are at, like part of this break in the new testament in the book of james that james mentions by the way lesson today listen in but but still you see that you see the point it it, it the, the discomfort is necessary absolutely so and from an economic perspective I, I i do want to come at this from a slightly different tack because the primary narrative out there that it's just not true that abortions by and large are done for rape and incest, or done for economic reasons. And just real quick interjection, I said this in the first episode, if you would not support banning all other abortions besides rape or incest, using that argument, is irrelevant. It's totally, totally irrelevant. flat, totally it flat. falls flat. And so, exactly, and I wanna go ahead and bring the Christian's economic take. If you look at why abortion is so prolific, it has to do with two things, racism and money two things in the 1920s margaret sanger and her buddies got together and started writing about the forced sterilization and camp uh, encampment of brown black and undesirable whites that's what they were talking about in the 1920s 1930s guess whose ears perked up Herr Goebbels, the all sorts of other germans hitler they said oh hey that's a really good idea can we borrow that the holocaust was an american left idea that was taken further with German ingenuity and uh, brutal precision. But the Holocaust was a American left idea. Margaret Sanger in the 1940s decided, you know what, this is no longer politically sound and feasible to keep pushing it this way. 
let's go ahead and look at uh, let's look at doing it a bit differently. Let's go ahead and have self-sterilization be the plan. And I'm going to roughly quote her as best I can. And the black pastor is our man for that job. He will get the more unruly ones, the more rebellious ones in line. He is the one that we have to secure to continue our project. And they went to the black pastorship, the brown pastorship, and said, look, you." they, they were more successful with the black pastorship. They said, you have to abort children when they're had early. Sunday school, or sh sorry, shotgun weddings, Sunday school weddings, shotgun weddings uh, will go down, will go down, and instead they can get married when they're older was the pitch, and they'll be economically secure for a small price now. We can get rid of the child, and with the pseudoscience, the same pseudoscientific prowess that they had for, for why the black and brown person was less, they said that the child was not a child and it was just a clump of cells that had to be flushed out. And so the economic machine that's been created is now constantly churning out propaganda. And you don't think that tax dollars, Mexico City policy, whatever this and that, you don't think that anything that we give them isn't used and fungible. It, you know, uh, Matt Walsh, Matt Walsh has a great little thing on this. If you say, uh, I don't want to give you money because your organization clubs baby seals. Uh, oh, well, the money we use won't be used to club baby seals. It'll be used for expeditionary uh, funds like, like fur coats. That money's fungible because they now have that much extra money to club baby seals. Why would you give them that extra money? Okay, that's a great little analogy. Why would you give Planned Parenthood extra money when their services, as you were talking about uh, uh, in our first episode, are they, they've got what? 60 services that they'll give or 80 services that they'll give one is like admittance in this mammogram here this swab right here the pap smear the these things and they'll go through all those oh but abortion is only three percent mm -hmm. all of those lead to abortion is the intent and funnel mm -hmm. and and the point is also the reason you know they throw out this three percent number and then that really muddies the water as to the percentage of women not the percentage of services, the percentage of women that they end up getting into abortions. Correct. And so the whole thing is, the Christian's economic take on this should be, this is an economic push. And some people, like this valedictorian, are hostages of a foreign, hostile ideology. And they need to be freed. You don't free them with the sword that cuts the person you free them with the sword that cuts the chains that bind them and that comes with the sword of truth the word of god used in love not to injure but to release and heal mm -hmm. well i think um you know this valedictorian and you know no hate on her like you said she's been indoctrinated but i think it's important for her and, and others like her to really take a minute and think about what they're saying you know, she's saying, well, well, if this or what, what some people claim is, you know, this child's going to be born into circumstances that the child wouldn't want to be born into. So therefore, we need to, you know, prevent prevent this tragedy from happening before it happens. You know, they're they're going to be hungry. Their parents aren't going to love them. They're going to do this, that and the other. And and every time I, I hear that argument, I always think about how we're living in the richest country in the world. You know, our poverty, what we consider poverty, is nothing compared to any other country on this earth. I mean, some, you know, Western European countries, sure, but, but you know, the idea that just go into any of these other countries and you can see children starving right in front of you. Are you saying it would be better if that child who is now, you know, in front of you starving, is it better if that child is dead? Like that, that physical child who's already born. And, you could, if, and if your argument doesn't mm -hmm. apply there, why does it apply here? I, I, I love the argument that my father bit and I, uh, brought. And I think, I think he actually, I've said this before, but you went to a legislator and said, hey, I have a signed affidavit saying from your mother that you were an unwanted pregnancy. Right. Shall we make this retroactive? <laughs> and uh, that definitely... Where's the, where's the that definitely made some, brought some questions because the value of human life 
it's either it's either intrinsic to the, the to the human to the soul that has a body and a mind or it's not but i know josh is no i'm good i i was just i was just processing i was thinking that in relation to that it's you could even take that personally where it's like man did you if let's say that you were born out of those circumstances would you wish that you weren't born out of those circumstances and that you didn't even ha- that you weren't living on I, you get where i'm coming from yeah. it's like are you saying that what because ultimately it could have been you yeah it could have been you but it wasn't you but it could have been um just something to think about there and another thing is man it is it is a bad you know the culture's in a rough spot and you know that the the current state of things is in a rough spot when we value life on mars more than we value the life of a kid that is a good thought and so let's go ahead and go around and do our our 30 second uh wrap up in a ball daniel's gonna leave us we're gonna swap someone else in for the chair in just a moment uh uh but let's go and do a 10 second roundup starting with josh 10 or 10 30 second roundup of what you think um, on the subject petition for the innocent take up the cause of the innocent stand up for the innocent stand up for the people who can't stand up for themselves do that and also when you are doing that do it out of love don't do it out of a hateful spirit don't do it with maliciousness do it with the understanding that the that it's not it's not personal it's not personal it's a matter of the belief system that they have is flawed it's not that they're it it, will mind you everybody is flawed but not necessarily them it's that the the what they're what they believe is flawed correct we're trying to attack the sin problem exactly not the person because the sin is the it it, it's the producer of all sorts of death yeah attacking the sin problem not the sinner yeah they're they're a captive of a hostile ideology uh not the perpetrator of evil very good moving along yeah so uh, there there's this uh lady out there her name is uh ab johnson abby johnson and um she was a uh, former planned parent her nurse and so she just goes off talking about how these planned parenthood places they don't care about the women there they only care about one thing and one money. thing only money that's it. They don't even properly sterilize the equipment because of how many women they have coming in. They want to move here because day. they can make ten, twenty, fifty thousand dollars in a day. In a day, yeah, it's in day. insane. So I am calling on Republicans out there. I am calling on the church to step up and to help these women out to say, "Hey, there is other options out there. This is not the end of your life. This is not the end of your child's life." Donate to preborn. Yeah. Donate to exactly. crisis pregnancy centers. Please exactly. put your money where your mouth is. Also, exactly. I just want to say I don't think this is a Republican or a liberal issue. This is a is life life it, issue. It, it's good versus evil. End of discussion. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Very good. Moving on to Winston. Cultural take. Thirty second wrap up. Oh, um, <laughs> okay. So, parents, be more involved with your kids. Don't just drop them off at daycare. Church is not a daycare. No matter how much some churches try to push it. <laughs> the True. It is to teach your child the biblical foundations, which it should be teaching them in daycare and not freaking ABCs or whatever. And you need to be involved in how your child is being educated. Now, for those 1% cases where it is rape and incest, that is, it's a very, very sad thing. Um, and would uh, just again, parents need to be more involved with their kids because that's ultimately where it stems from. Amen. Amen. And Jennifer. Yes. So, um, I would just say for those who disagree with the things that we're saying, who would support abortion in either in just cases of rape and incest or in all cases, please take a minute to really think about your arguments. Nine times out of 10, the arguments that I hear favoring abortion are inconsistent when that logic is applied to any other situation besides the woman doesn't want it. You know, nobody goes up to a pregnant woman and says, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that this has happened to you. She would look at you like, no, what are you talking about? My, we're so happy, this is our third child, or this is my first, I'm so excited. That's, that's a life inside her. Everyone knows it's a life inside her. And it's not a life inside her because she wants it. As soon as she doesn't want it, Nothing changes about the child. Yeah. The value is intrinsic 
to the child, mm -hmm. not to the feeling and, of someone. And, and everybody knows it. It is clear as day when it's a situation where the woman does want the child. Dang. Everybody knows it. That was a good point. Amen. That was a well. That was a well illustrated point. Very very good. So. Daniel's out. We're bringing someone else in in just a moment. But uh, to wrap up on the economic perspective, just remember what is at play here. Uh, I've had the honor and privilege of meeting a lot of different people. As I've said in the previous episode of this podcast, met uh, I've gotten to meet some people who are uh, Planned Parenthood individuals who are working hard in that. Like, like Abby Johnson, this one lady said our objective was to get between three and seven abortions out of the girl before her 18th birthday and a lot of them we got nine mm -hmm. and they were making money 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 and dad brother often brought them in okay so with that said let's make sure that we provide the christian economic perspective is put your money where your mouth is be the america that alexis de tocqueville was talking about when uh, he was saying that America took care of her own. America took care of her own. We need to take care of our own with the church, with crisis pregnancy centers, et cetera. With that said, it's been a, it's been, been a good round on that. Let's go ahead and uh, talk about something a little more uh, silly, but not so silly. It has claimed a lot of lives. Let's talk about the response to COVID from Fauci. And the new Fauci gate, email gate, whatever gate this is. We've had 37 gates. So, you know, and, and so this one is from The Hill right here. Media continues to lionize Anthony Fauci despite his uh, damning emails. And uh, I've got another one on pull up just so that you guys don't say that we always take from The Hill. We'll go ahead and take one from MSNBC. This is a fun one. Uh, Fauci's 2,000 emails a day show how little U.S. officials knew in the early days of the COVID pandemic. So with that said, let's go ahead and uh, I'm gonna go ahead and start to read this article for just a moment. Uh, key points, the release of thousands of Dr. Fauci emails show patience, diplomacy, and diligence. This is the CNBC talking. They, they're, they're, they're still licking his boots. Uh, and his often late night replies to high level US officials, famous performers, everyday people, yada, yada. These emails tremendous, uh, show a tremendous physical and emotional uh, toll that the pandemic took on the 80-year-old head of NAID, N-I-A-I-D. How do you even say that in an acronym? NIAID? NIAID? I mean, it sounds like AIDS. But then again, I mean, I'm sure it's not a coincidence because he was the one saying heterosexual people are going to get it. Heterosexual people are going to get it. Uh, I, I swear, I don't know how I got it. Uh, I definitely didn't spend <laughs> nine months or nine days in a in a in a uh, bathhouse and not come up for air the entire time. By the way, that's his own interesting rabbit hole. Uh, when he was using uh, taxpayer dollars to fund research for AIDS, and he was making uh, uh, erroneous claims uh, on that. But so, j just saying, he has an interesting history of doing this sort of thing. Honestly, heterosexual people can get it. I swear, it's going to be a pandemic. No, no, no. You're just using government money. Uh, but then again, it, it would be uh, very similar to, I swear, Pfizer's coming out in just a little bit from the economic perspective. Pfizer's going to come out I, and, and all of the different, um, you know, the, the remdesivir, all the different things that I have interest patents in, et cetera. Those are coming out. Don't bother. Don't bother with therapeutics. We have a which vaccine is, coming. Which is really where it should have been happening. So, and, and there was a great, great thing from, a, I'm, I'm going to pass this around the room in just a second, but I'm going to say this one last thing. There was a great uh, Senate testimony hearing where one doctor said, yes. if we had just dealt with the patient who was bleeding out in their own lungs, they were just drowning in their own lungs with blood. If we had just focused on therapeutics for that individual instead of the circus with masks, lockdowns versus vaccines and all this different nonsense, we could have saved 85% of the people who passed. And a clarification on that, it was the Texas Senate. Correct. Um, and the doctor was a leading, world-renowned doctor from Texas A&M. Correct. You probably in the current Biden administration, you would not have him. You wouldn't. Be able you to wouldn't speak. see him or hear him. It was the Texas Senate. Thank you for the clarification. Yeah. You, that is where it was. because. And and I would encourage people go out on YouTube. It's twenty-minute listen, and it's some of the most compelling testimony that you'll hear on COVID, and it's heartbreaking. 
because a therapeutic issue the 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 avenue that's where it should have gone because COVID, and it didn't COVID is here like the common flu yes it's here like flu or it's uh, not going away it's not going away it's going to be around I'm not comparing the effects to the flu let me be clear it's about ten times as lethal as the flu which still leads it to like a 0.3% mortality, something like mm -hmm. that. But it, it's serious. It needs to be treated seriously. But moving around the room, I want to take the Christian theological response to someone who is actively hiding some of the stuff. He, you know, and he took, in, in these notes, he goes and says, he has this response back and forth, this correspondence, thanking him for dismissing the Wuhan lab from a Chinese emissary. <laughs> For dismissing the Wuhan lab theory that it came from a lab that was a bio lab, by the way, one that he was affiliated with. Mm -hmm. So, going back to the issue, this, this is something I mentioned in the culture chair a while ago. It was the suppression of information. In fact, it was whenever we were talking about Peloton. Yes. So, suppressing information and the way. So, I would even say this we could apply this from a theological bent to your own testimony. If you have stuff hidden, or heck, if you have stuff that is hidden or you're hiding sin, not even testimony, but just in your Christian life and you proclaim to be this Christian, but you're hiding these things in your life and you're not professing these sins, and you're not taking them before the Lord and you think you're hiding these things, what would you say? They're going to come out. Yeah, they're going to come out at some point, right? The truth will come out at some point. And also just something I thought was interesting about this. I don't even know if you really needed the emails. I mean, you could go back to the to when April and May was happening and you can go look at it for yourself and see what the, cause you guys remember how hectic it was at April, May time. I mean, there was people going to the grocery store and wearing uh, paper brown bags over their heads to go get groceries. I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a time. It was really a time. So there was definitely a lot of misinformation out at that time. Yeah. Um, and I think that with these emails coming out, it's just, it's just a re, a, a re or it's a reestablishment of the way that they failed at the very beginning of this thing. So Charlie Pomeroy has sat down into the chair of politics, which Daniel has vacated. Oh, How are you this morning? I'm doing great. Good Boy, what a on. topic to jump into on politics. So I want to come at this from two different angles. Number one, you know, politically speaking, you're you're looking at what has been done and you you trust your leaders you you trusted out uh dr fauci you trusted dr burks thing things like that we didn't elect those people but the thing is and this is the other angle i want to come to once you lose trust and by the way what he did is worthy of losing trust for sure absolutely and the thing is as a as a church as a group of people, we need to hold those people accountable. We need to demand that, that people like that be removed. There is no reason for him to continue doing what he's doing. Politically, this has served, I'm, I'm going to say that this has served the, the progressives very well. And, and I could go way deeper with this, but politically speaking, this has served really well uh, for their, their efforts. What we need to do is we need to hold our political leaders accountable and we need to demand that actions be taken. A lot of people, and especially in the church, do not understand who their representatives are. They do not contact their offices to make their voice heard. And folks, this information is very easy to find on the internet. This is not difficult. Our political leaders do not hide their contact information. It's available for anyone to see. You can pick up a phone and go 202 and whatever the number is for your representative. Mm -hmm. It's that easy. And all you've got to do is pick it up and call them and let them know. So politically speaking, this obviously is not good for Dr. Fauci at all. And he will not resign. That is not happening. And the only way that he's going to be removed is twice as much as the president of the United yeah, States. Of it, course, he's not going to leave. He's he's uh, he's in it. And we've got to demand something be done there. Absolutely. And by the way, if everyone doesn't know, if you're if you're Republican or Democrat, after each election, you get together. Democrats have a caucus. It's really interesting. Uh, if you've never seen it, it's very interesting. Uh, but Republicans also have a, a meeting mm -hmm. and you 
as your precinct. You go to your precinct and you create the party planks that are then sent if you're you know to your, to your to your convention in state. That is then created and formed into the Texas, New York, Connecticut, whatever party plank for that party. You go in, you, anyone can go and be a delegate at the party mm -hmm. convention. I don't know if people realize that. All you have to do is be a part of that system. And Christians are woefully missing from that. Yeah. And so just understand after you're done, talk, find out where your precinct meeting is, get your precinct chair on the horn, and you can be part of putting the pro-life, pro-gun, anti-abortion, whatever, whatever your, your, your plank is, you can assemble that. That's a place where the, the local New Testament church should be can, strong. Absolutely should be strong. I've never been to a caucus. I've been part of a mock convention, which was really cool. That was a very interesting thing. But this is the kind of thing that, that we should be doing. Churches should hold mock conventions, but we're, yeah. we're getting, getting far off. On the culture aspect, what's the Christian's culture uh, response to the obfuscation that we've seen in the 2020-2021 timeframe from Fauci, the hiding of the emails? It's another email gate scenario where we're seeing he was hiding a lot of stuff. In fact, he was taking cues about masks from the Chinese. What's the Christian's cultural response, Winston? Ultimately, first, you're trusting God above the leaders because the leaders are going to fail you every time. I mean, we Amen. can look at David and Solomon. David, man after God's own heart, had a man killed, committed adultery. Solomon had way too many wives. Man, you had to bring and... up that stuff, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> but you got to hit him where it hurts. Right. right? Um, so ultimately, man is going to fail you every time. Uh, we can see megachurch pastors being found in, uh, in, in sin and adultery and and the uh, the latest with the Robbie Zacharias that came out a couple months ago of the unfortunate amount of women he took advantage of. The um, ultimately this is a uh, don't don't trust man. The Bible says we would be as uh, I believe calm as sheep as uh, or gentle as doves and as wise as serpents. Mm -hmm. Yes. So we need to know our scripture and we need to know what exactly. No, that's what you <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. So we need to be. Um, so we need to know first off what we're talking about in our Bible. Secondly, what our leaders are talking about between the lines, because they're not saying everything they're thinking. Absolutely. So hot take from the chair of theology, Jennifer. Philosophy. Philosophy. <laughs> I'm thinking about another day. Thank you, Jennifer. No, good. But philosophically, a lie is a lie is a lie is a lie. Whatever justification you think you have to make this an okay lie, no. You know, oh, well, I, we know that masks, well, he thinks that he knows that masks work. But in the beginning, oh, no, no, don't, don't wear masks, don't buy masks, don't do any of that. And then it comes out, oh, well, we just told you that because we wanted the, the nurses to have the masks. Okay. Well, now the masks work. Well, now it's, now it's double masking. Now it's triple masking. Now it's, now it's this, that, and the other. Now it's the yeah. Wuhan lab leak, which we couldn't talk about and would get you banned on Facebook six months ago. Mm -hmm. A lie is a lie is a lie is a lie. You cannot justify it or it will But the science changes. The science changes. It will never end. That's, that is one of the biggest lies. Um, it, it was one of those the, that the made me. The particle size of the virus and the particles in the air, you know, the ones that we knew got, got through even in 95 masks like you're 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 30 times the size uh of the of the viral particle but then again the question is we don't know a lie is a lie is a lie you're right we don't know because they've shut down all these other studies when people said maybe it's fecal to oral maybe it's actually physical transmission people not wiping uh washing after they wipe and they go and touch a doorknob and you get that or you have that in food prep and i think that the suppression of all of that was very much politically driven. Yep. Yes. I think they sacrificed the lives of millions of people who died from this in order to make Trump look bad. Yep. And yeah. now that Biden's in office, well, now we can look into Wuhan lab leak. And you say well, now millions. Now we can look into all of this, you know, other stuff. 
And you say millions, some people might say 600,000 is, is the number, but there are people all over the world who count on the CDC and the NIAID. The and N I would include in that number of my millions, the people who died from isolation. Yes. That is on them too. The, these crazy, ridiculous lockdowns, which the 15 days to slow the spread, happy, you know, like, one and a half year anniversary of 15 days, mm -hmm. by the way. <laughs> but the 15 days to slow the spread thing was only marketed to us as we don't want the hospitals to get overwhelmed. We want to introduce it gradually. We're not going to be able to stop this. We know for a fact, we've known since since the outbreak of, you know, the Spanish flu or that you can't, that, stop, that it. You can't stop it with lockdowns. It's going to keep going. In fact, lockdowns are actually deleterious the chinese had the best lockdown possible and they and had it's, it's massive death and can, can i give a, a bit of a doubt let's say they even did do the lockdowns and they did it just at the beginning mm -hmm. the the problem with the way that the information was handled at the very beginning of this at least yes. with the science is that it made people contain it made certain states and certain and certain legislators continue these lockdowns mm -hmm. and and think about the amount so the issue that we're currently in is that businesses are now trying to rehire and they can't hire people because you know what happened? You, 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 you kick those people off their jobs and now they're on unemployment and now they're saying, oh, well, why would I go back to this job yes. where I can earn more from this unemployment? has served the political left and progressives very but, well. But they have gotten so much mm -hmm. that they wanted of this. But also something else to think about is that so now these these companies can't even do it, but or not the companies, but the people are now relying more on the government. But also, another interesting thing is I don't know if you've been to your local fast food establishment to go get a to go get a twelve count chicken nugget from Chick Fil A, <laughs> or if you've gone to your sponsors. oh yes sponsors, <laughs> or if you've gone to or if you've gone to a Whataburger to try to get a water chicken bite, they're actually short. There there's a massive shortage across the nation and so what you're seeing is these supply chains are breaking down and part of that is due to maybe there is like a supply but also they don't have enough truck drivers they don't have enough people actually transporting the material correct and winston that's that's been an issue for almost a decade now but this is just it's but now it's, it, it's, it's exacerbated it's, yeah yeah you're, you're correct Wait, something mm -hmm. that was already delicate people people say well, you know, we, we can just change this and that'll work out. It's like, no, no, no. It takes a little bit of, it takes one stick of chewing gum in a gearbox to ruin to, to ruin the gearbox. You don't just willy-nilly throw stuff in there. You might have a strong working machine. Throw a little bit of gum in there and you, you destroy it. Yeah, a supply chain is a very, very intricate thing. You have ports, you have ports you have to send out ships from and ports you have to unload ships from. Correct. The, uh, you can't scale this thing up very quickly. These things take a very long time to build. Um, another thing is that science is a very regressive thing. Uh, we can, I'm, uh, I'm really into computer stuff. And you can see how computers have evolved. The first generation is crap. It generally always is. Um, we can see that with the RTX 20 series. It was a terrible card. Um, 30 I'm, series, pretty I'm offended. good. Hey, hey, nothing against it. It was just way too expensive. Um, My and 2070 is awesome. Go ahead, keep going. It, it was too expensive and not efficient enough. The uh, the 30 series, extremely impressive. Now, for me, uh, whenever I first started hearing about the Corona stuff, I'm like, well, they don't know what they're talking about yet because hmm. it's too new. Mm -hmm. um, it's new to them. Uh, of course, they're not going to know what they're talking about. It's new. It's new to everybody. I would advocate that I would agree with that in general. However, I, there was a I question great, whether they, I think they knew a lot more about it there, and, than and, what we. And that's my segue. And, <clears> the <throat> and that's, and, and, and that's my segue in. You look at where it originated. There is no dispute. It originated in Wuhan. That is not disputed. And it either happened five miles away from a meat market where they were eating raw bats half alive or alive, um, which they reopened, by the way, like two or three months after the outbreak. Just think about that for a moment. Anyway, uh, this inhumane wet uh, wet market. They're doing this. They're, they're doing this. The, these bizarre, you know, culturally unacceptable things over here. And I would argue, may, maybe unethical, whatever. So it either happened there, or it happened in the bio lab 
two or three miles away or two or three kilometers away. And so I believe the actual stone throws like half a kilometer or a kilometer mm-hmm. actual direct line as the mole flies. And um, uh, it happened to be the lab that Fauci was working in, you know, where he patented the root patent for the Pfizer and Moderna. And also where they were working on uh, all these different uh, great things. And of course, we even have Fauci in these emails saying, I'm concerned that we're dealing with, um, I'm, I'm trying to remember the, 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 the word, but it's animal to human transmission. I'm worried that we're working on bio, effectively bioweapons. I'm worried that we're funding this. He says this in an email. And you got to remember, Fauci's a bureaucrat. Everything that is said in an email is open knowledge. He knows this. So he could be hedging his bets for all we know. However, what we do know is so the conspiratorial mind will run wild on the economics and what's going on in Fauci's mind. However, let's traffic in facts. I'm, I'm not going to attribute motive. I'm just going to deal with facts. We know for a fact he knew that he was funding something that was dealing with transmission from animals to human, playing with bat to human diseases. He knew that. And he said, I'm worried about that. I'll leave the the more sinister motives to the side. He knew about therapeutics, yet he refused to push those therapeutics. And he was behind that study that 2,400 milligrams of uh, uh, hydroxychloroquine will cause an arrhythmia. Well, no, duh, Sherlock. You know, you give 2,400 milligrams of, 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 of anything to someone, you're going to cause an arrhythmia. It's a 200 milligram dose. You're giving an order of magnitude plus. It's a bad faith experiment. By the way, they didn't include the z or the zinc, and they did it with patients who were on ventilators already. The whole purpose of HCQ, zinc, and uh, azithromycin was early prophylactic, you know, just a therapeutic. It's not a save them while they're bleeding in their lungs. Whereas dexamethasone, budesonide, by the way, budesonide, really good stuff. My, my uncle is a, is a RN. I will not say what city he's in on the podcast for his safe, safety and sake, but he tells people, go home. People are going on a ventilator. Go home, take this $50 prescription you can get fulfilled online by an online pharmacist for budesonide through a nebulizer. Has to be through a nebulizer for a few, you know, that gives more perfusion in the tissue. It's an anti-inflammatory steroid. He says 100% of the people that he's convinced to go home when they were going to be on a ventilator, they were walking within three days. 100% were walking in three days. They went from drowning in their own blood to walking around, not COVID-free, but comfortable. I've so heard. that brings that $50 medication and and the idea that, 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 that Pepsid might be part of the, the help. You know, Trump got Pepsid AC. Right, Fameltadine is is an it, it supposedly actually inhibits the replication capacity of the uh, virus. I don't know if you've heard of Fameltadine for for, yeah. for usage. It's 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 one of the most common medications that we get. It, it it's used for many things. Pepsid AC, incredibly but, common. But of course, if Fauci came out and said use use bedesonide and Pepsid AC. Everyone would hear, uh, say, we hear you talking, but we hear hee-haw, hee-haw. I mean, so, of course, he doesn't want to do that. He wants to make money on Pfizer, Moderna, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera. He wants the remdesivir, which is a couple thousand dollars a bag. My remdesivir. Take my remdesivir, and I'm going to make it spec. <laughs> yeah, thanks, I have, dude. I've heard a story uh, from uh, one of my friends, family friends, that uh, they had, it was, uh, I believe, an uncle and very sick refused to go to the hospital and this is recent and they ended up going somewhere and picked up ivermectin yeah and within a day i have a friend it was a dramatic difference and they didn't and i don't advocate this folks but i understand where people are at on this thing too um they did it without a prescription you know because you can get that at your local feed store correct so there's people it's amazing how many people took this kind of thing into their own hands to try to to solve some people trying the bleach and some people trying this and trying that and well the bleach uh, the, 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 the bleach was that's an interesting story you have to look at that one dig a little deeper she had 
multiple assault charges on her husband, had tried to divorce him twice, was a oh. rabid anti-Trump person. She flat out said, here, <laughs> take this quinine that's in the koi pond cleaner. And, uh, oh, by, oh, we trusted Trump. Wow. Look at, don't look at my bank statements. I've been funneling all my life savings into Democrat PACs and I hate my husband. Yeah. The, but the, you know, the, the way that that story was handled and was, when you actually look into it, it's, it's egregiously bad. It, it, I mean, basically it's like, wouldn't you as a, normally as a reporter want to go, wait a minute. She hated her husband, had multiple assault charges against her. And no. Hmm. <laughs> Why would you maybe, 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 maybe something else is going on. She's killing two birds with one stone, gabbing Trump and uh, offing her husband all in one go. John uh, Arthur, all I heard was Trump. Yes, yes. <laughs> mm. Orange, Orange man, man bad. bad. Yeah, I think you were you were going to jump in. I'm, no, I, was, uh, I was just going to say that. What I mean in relation to this this issue, uh, don't suppress. I guess my grand thing don't suppress information the truth at some point will come to light and you're going to be held accountable for the things that do come to light if you're on the side of truth even if it doesn't benefit your narrative just let it out because guess what if you're on the side of righteousness it's gonna work out i think you know winston really nailed it earlier that stop putting your trust in man you need to hold your leaders accountable uh, as a Christian, but don't don't place your trust there. Uh, I thought one of the the worst statements that Fauci could have made, and I'm, I think a lot of uh, science people took this and ran the wrong way with it. Science doesn't evolve. Science is science. We can improve things. But it's not an evolution like he's he's talking about. So. Truth, truth stays the same, and uh, there are certain, science can change. You, you can have better science, but there were things that he knew the whole time. Yeah, and those things did not change. Yep. Moving on, quick wrap up from uh, uh, the culture chair. We've hit our theological and co political culture chair. Go. Um, don't elevate your leaders, because uh, I mean. One, it's not good for a human. Two, it leads to pride, and pride leads to death. Mm. Mm. Amen. Succinct, but powerful. Wow. Philosophical chair. Uh, be honest. Be honest with yourself and be honest with the people around you. Um, I think that's kind of been a theme yes. for this whole coronavirus thing. You know, it's all the things that you either lied or if it wasn't a lie, you presented the information in a way that made it seem like you knew it when anyone who knows anything about science i think what they're trying to get at with the whole evolution thing is you know we it takes time to learn things yeah okay we all know that so don't pretend like you know it before you know it well and, and then, that's a lie a different type of lie and that comes down to motive mm -hmm. that comes down to motive what was the motive yeah. And I suspect, I'm sitting in the chair of economics here, I do suspect that it was partially economic, but it was also political. You look at what happened, this this changed the election. And I, I don't mean as, oh, public opinion. No, no, no. I mean, people were not, people did not have to show their masks. They didn't have to show their faces. The way things were done with election were done around COVID policy. Uh, 1.7 million ballots sent out for COVID voting in Pennsylvania, 2.5 million brought in no accountability all right and that happened in texas here by the way there are you know part of as i'm someone who's in the uh, uh election uh, integrity movement here in texas i know charlie pomeroy is as well josh is as well mm -hmm. we saw tons of fraud here in houston and we barely barely kept texas because of all the fraud mm -hmm. so it, it's purely an economic political economical thing and fauci is economic yeah. mm. and i think just my my last thought philosophically the battle that we face is good versus evil. Yeah. Yes. You know, and and this has yeah. been. I'm not saying Fauci is the evil one, but he is the tool being used by the evil yes. one. Yes. Coronavirus is the tool that's being foisted on us, doing all, destroying economies, destroying lives, destroying lives, getting people more invested in the government, pushing this progressive movement forward. All of these things. 
is according to the plan of evil. Whoever it may be, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's Biden or it's Fauci or it's this or it's that, but somewhere in the upper echelon, somewhere, and even above them into the spiritual world, evil is at work and we have to fight against it. Amen and amen. With that said, we want to retard the, our progress and getting further from God every day. Mm-hmm. With that said, thank you so much for listening in. Uh, join us down in the comments section below. Tell us what you thought about today's uh, podcast. Let us know what uh, argument you like the most, or if you have an argument, go ahead and throw it on down there in the comment section and tell us which chair are you sitting in when you give the argument. If you didn't like something that we said, go ahead and tell us which chair you're arguing from or against and uh, give us your opinion. With that said, uh, uh, like, share, comment, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Thank you for your listenership and viewership. We appreciate you a lot. God bless and have a wonderful day. See you.